welcome to One Day Contract, the Panthers talk show where each week we're joined by a new personality who we've signed to a one-day contract to join the show. One Day Contract is a proud part of the Riot Network, powered by Ortho Carolina. Check out some of our network mates. It is what it is. The Roaring Riot Podcast, Not What You Think, and the Carolina Line for more great talk about your favorite team. Follow the Riot Network on Twitter at the Riot Network to stay up to date on all your favorite pods. Subscribe, rate, and love us wherever you get your podcasts. My name is Nikki Wolf. With me, as always, Josh Klein, managing editor for the Riot Report, co-host of It Is What It Is, and had a great travel experience coming out of Green Bay. I think I you're the only candy. one. I'm sorry. I I'm thought glad you're that ready. Usually, I'm used to Colin being introduced first, but he's not here today. Spoilers. And um, I was eating candy, an embarrassing amount, some might say. And uh, yeah, I had a great time coming out of Green Bay. Oh boy. <laughs> this, this got those podcast. m and yeah it's off to a wild start i ate too many m&ms that was i put like a hand because i wanted to finish off the fun size bag before we got started because i'm a professional yeah and uh and then i just chomped them right in there and then started choking when i introduced you yeah i got a little choked up a little too much candy happens to the best of them yeah i had a great time in um green bay I was so happy to be able to like cover a Darren and I were talking about it. Spoiler: Darren is the guest. You probably read about it. Um, Hi everybody. Oh boy! Don't speak until you're introduced, please. It's Sorry. rude. Um, you definitely can. Uh, I. Uh, not, or you can just introduce me and get it over with. Yeah, all right. That opens uh, the door. Go for it. Let's do it. Darren's ready to talk. He's got things to say. We want to talk about Lambeau Field and how snowy it is and beautiful. Okay, perfect. On the one-day contract this week, <laughs> surprise, Darren Gant, writer for Pro Football Talk and either the greatest truth teller on Twitter or the crabbiest guy out there, I like truth teller, depending on your yeah. point of view, has some thoughts on The Mandalorian. Yeah, Tell me all the thoughts. I have many thoughts on The Mandalorian. How long is this podcast? How long do we have? Four hours. You're not a Star Wars person, I take it. No, I had to ask what it was. That's all right. Sorry. I don't hold it against you. It's... uh. Uh, on that Star Wars spectrum of, is this Star Trek? Is that the one with Spock and Total Virgin? I'm probably like a seven. I'm I'm over here toward Total Nerd, but not all the way. But yeah, I've dig, I'm, I had all the kids. I'm in my 40s, so I had all the toys when the first movie came out. And then my son got all the toys, and I continued to play with them <laughs> while he was a kid. And so now new stuff comes out, and we watch it. I've, already got, I've got my tickets already for the episode nine that's coming out in december so which is actually you have your tickets already oh yeah oh wow i've had those tickets for months what's your preferred seat because i assume that's why you want to buy them back row yeah okay back row middle i don't want to be in those neck brace seats at the front where you're looking up and i know this Mm. is really good for podcast when i look up (laughs) in the sky you know i'm trying to paint a word picture here people (laughs) um yeah i don't want to be at the front i i buy early so i can get that back row where i can just sit back and take it all in yeah i've had those that's going to be a big week. I think it's December the 19th, which is the night after Snoop Dogg comes to Charlotte. Oh, boy. At the Fillmore. So that's going to be a pretty strong back-to-back. I'm, I've established that as middle-aged white guy fantasy camp. <laughs> it's, that's everything that was in my wheelhouse in the nineteen late 80s, early 90s. It's just right there coming home all at once. Now, do you do the same thing before you go to see a Star Wars movie that you 
do before, assumedly, before you go to see a Snoop Dogg movie, because usually that would be a big part of my... Well, I'm usually taking my son, because it's a very <laughs> okay, special right. family bonding experience, but I will say that in the last couple of Star Wars movies, when you realize, wait, I can get a beer while I'm sitting here? Mm. That's okay. Yeah, yeah, this is a thing I'll do while I'm ha- you know, having this bonding experience with my son. This might be a hot take, but I don't like the, the theaters where you can get beers and food at like during the show because it's always first of all my main problem is that right when the movie is like coming to a climax you get the the server walking around and being sure. like is it to you it's last call for right. do you need a here's your check and then they give you someone else's credit card inevitably sure. because they are terrible at service and they're just constantly walking around i like to be immersed in my movie and it's like i i can't get that when i'm when right. I'm, and I don't there. want to trash anybody in case they're a sponsor of your show, your fine podcast. It's fine. The Epicenter Movie Theater is terrible. Um, <laughs> yeah, that's not my favorite. Or the Cinnabars. You know, I mean, that's yeah. what you're talking about when people wander in and out during the movie. Yeah. But, like, when you can carry something in and there aren't people parading around, you yeah, know, it's kind of it's sitting there for two hours. It's like if I'm watching a ball game, watching a movie, you get a concert, I'm going to have a beer while I'm enjoying that show. So it's nice to be able to do that. But, yeah, I'm not – there is something, though, about, like, the manor, which they mm, don't show Star yeah. Wars movies, but it's old school, and you, you have your choice. You can have popcorn or not popcorn, and – um <laughs> You know, you carry it in with you, and it's like 1950 all over again. And they just have all the the chairs right in one big row, like one yep. big hill down, yeah. as opposed to um, as opposed to actual stadium seating. Reclining which... stadium seat 4X. <laughs> yeah, whatever they call it. It's kind of annoying, some of that stuff. I feel like if you're a middle-aged white guy, you're going to fall asleep in the middle of... you. I mean, that is bound to happen. Like, at this day and age... Falling asleep in a movie has never been easier than it is right now. Oh, sure. I was going to say, you, you don't have to be a middle-aged white guy. I have a really hard time now staying awake at movies because <laughs> it's very comfy in there. One <laughs> of us. <laughs> Even like an exciting movie or like it doesn't matter? If it's dark... Dark I, like, and cold. I'm a sleepy I, man. I usually have like a giant sweatshirt that I am like bundled mm-hmm. in. And then I have my beer, and I'm you, like, oh, you, I'm going to take a nap now. You yeah. haven't gone full Snuggie, though, have you? No, no okay. Snuggie. No, not for not outdoor yet. wear. <laughs> yeah. Not That's yet. a house outfit. We have had a, we had a long discussion either last week or a couple weeks ago about house pants, and like, you get in, you get in and you're not going back out, it's house pants time. Sure. Yeah. That's true. So that kind of leads into Nikki's super important question. My roommate... Loves this cold weather. Love how you call him your roommate. The roommate. Your live-in boyfriend. <laughs> my live-in boyfriend. That's fine. Who is my roommate. <laughs> loves the cold weather. I absolutely hate it, and I have been miserable for two days. So, your <laughs> thoughts on cold weather being here? I'm Fan, an- do you love it? I'm anti-cold weather. I want to be warm. I want it. I want the temperature to be like 50 degrees always in Charlotte. When it's I would fall, love that. Yeah, when it's fall and it's 50 degrees outside, that's perfect. When it's 20 degrees outside, that's too much. I mean, you know, of all the weathers, like shorts and flannel shirt weather is the greatest of them all. That's uh, odd combo. You don't see a lot of shorts and flannel shirt. Usually it's like jeans and t-shirt is how people would describe that. Yeah, no, I mean, you I, went the go, opposite. I go the other direction. Okay, that's I, fair. Everybody zigs, I zag. <laughs> yeah, Khaki shorts, novelty t-shirt, flannel shirt is like my preferred wardrobe for 90% of the year. If that's I fair. could do that every day, I would do it. I would sign up for that right now. But this is too cold. I, everything has I to be flannel lined right now to 
be outdoors. I like a I like cold weather for like a few di- for like a couple weeks of mm-hmm. like where it's like all right like like december style like if it was december and it was like okay it's cold outside the weather outside is a little frightful sure. when you're like you sit you open your door and you're like you know what it's saturday i'm putting on my sweats my housies and i'm not going anywhere like and then you don't have to feel bad about it there's nothing worse than when you wake up on a saturday and you thought it was going to rain you thought it was going to be cold and then it's like 60 and sunny, and you're like, oh, but I was already planning on yeah. binge-watching uh, BoJack Horseman for the third time in a row. But instead, now it's like, well, now i got to feel bad. Like, should I take the dog for a walk? Should I go and do something? I don't want to do any of that stuff. When I think, when I want, sometimes I want a, a day to myself in the house, and when it's cold, you get that kind of day. You get that opportunity. That's what I like. I just, I just don't like cold at all. Yeah. I can't stand it. I, I enjoy if it snows like once and then it's over and it's fine and then it's never cold again. Yeah. But the other problem is when it does snow here, it just screws everything up for a really long time. Oh, sure. It creates yeah. a gigantic panic. You can't get bread, can't get milk, can't find beer. But man, everyone's making French toast. It's like everywhere. <laughs> I love it. Uh, I When I was in Green Bay this past week, um, we... It was snow. It started snowing on Sunday, and it was like a perfect kind of scenario because when you're in somewhere like that, it's like an icon. Obviously, Lambeau Field's sure. the most iconic stadium in the NFL. Maybe in any sport, it's up there with probably like Cameron is probably up there. I don't even know. Is there a baseball stadium now? Yeah, I mean Wrigley, Fenway, Wrigley probably. Field. I guess. Got to be like that. I know what you mean. There's a certain charm about Lambeau Field, and I remember the first couple times I went there, and you know, being there for the championship game in '96, the Burline game. Uh, that was the Burline, the Crazy Legs Burline game, yeah, right? The yeah, Snake. Yeah, Ooh, boy. I that mean, must it, have been and fun. it's kind of cool being in that environment, it, but it's a box checked off. Yep. I mean, I, yeah. I have now, I've been to Lambeau in the snow, and. You know, I love some of my dearest friends in the business cover the Packers and, you know, guys I would hang out with if I didn't do this for a living. And I just tell them all the time, why do you live there? It it can't be that charming if you have to do it all year round. Because basically Green Bay is a cold Gastonia. I mean, people don't. (laughs) People don't understand. Green Bay is a really small town, and it, there's not a lot in Green Bay other than Packers. And if you're there and you're stuck for a couple of days, it's like, okay, we've been to the Indian Casino. Now what do we do? Yeah. Uh, now need more, more cheese curds? Yeah, All right. Sure. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Been to Packers, been to the Indian Casino, and now we're snowed in. So what? But um, – yeah, but we've all had, you know, everybody that's been there has had that travel adventure because Green Bay's in that weird little pocket. It's on a bay, so it fogs in and it freezes and there's snow all over the place. So everybody's got a, I was stuck in Green Bay. Yeah. Sounds like everybody was stuck. It sounds like you're the only one that, that got out. Yeah, we were weirdly, we, we scheduled our flight to come out at like 3.30 p.m. because, I don't know why, probably hundreds of dollars cheaper and I make mistakes when I book stuff two months in advance and I'm like, nah, it'll be fine. I don't, who cares? I'm flying through Minneapolis. It'll be great. And then everyone else, as I was like, you know, you start getting texts and, and it's like just ticking the boxes of every single Charlotte reporter that was in green Bay had their flight either canceled or delayed or whatever. And like poor Brendan Marks was on the, the, he had a terrible experience on the tarmac until 2am in Charlotte. So I was happy to be at home 
uh, watching BoJack Horseman by 9.30 p.m. There you go. I was telling you before we started recording, one time I was actually, this is how old I am, I was stuck in the Green Bay airport standing at a payphone next to John Richardson while we both were trying to change our canceled flights and get out someplace else. There were these things called payphones, and they were on the wall, and you couldn't take them with you places. You were locked there, and there was a cord that attached it to the machine that you talked into. No one believes no, I you. Pay, um, I pay for my phone. That's what you mean, right? You pay phone. <laughs> Yeah, pay, it's like exactly. pay like cricket, right? Cricket phones. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. it's like a burner. I got a cord that attaches it to the. Fl- it's sure, the same thing. sure you do exactly. But it was, uh, yeah, it was 1923, as I recall, <laughs> and we were all stuck in Green Bay. No, but Mr. Yeah, Fav, Mr. Fav, question here. There, there is Charlotte Observer. You know, there is something about that though. Those travel stories, because everybody's got one. Yeah, I was stuck in Green Bay, and I had to drive. Stan Olson and I drove back through a blizzard one time when we had stayed in Milwaukee. So after the game, we're driving back to Milwaukee, and it's blizzarding, and you can't see 20 feet in front of your car, and these crazy renegades with dead deer on the hood of their <laughs> truck or flying by you scattering snow all over the place yeah so that's but fun. everybody's home now it's it's good to have that experience and it's good for that experience to be passed yeah exactly it's really fun to talk about this kind of thing it's like when we whenever we would travel things would go wrong and sure. it, at the time it's absolutely awful but i would always tell my wife like think about how much fun this is gonna those are the best stories nobody's mm-hmm. like well we went to uh, we went to Morocco and everything went great. All the food was delicious, and I did not have horrendous diarrhea for three days straight. Sure. But when you do, and you got to pull over the cab on the side of the road in the mountains, and uh, your driver has to hold you up by the shoulder, by the armpits because you're pooping so much, that's a good story. That sounds oddly specific. It's suspicious. <laughs> I'd rather not say. Tune in next week. Yeah, or no. No, no super dive. important questions about Morocco. Tell me more. <laughs> didn't happen. Uh, and for anyone that's wondering where Colin's voice is, he didn't show up today. Oh, man. Wow. No, okay, or maybe he's on assignment. Yeah. He's, Does he, he hate we'll me? Call he's it got, that. Yeah, he, he actually he knew who the guest was. I'm terribly was like, sensitive, yeah. and that's going to ruin the rest of my day. Is it one of those things where you're like, well, they say he didn't do it on purpose, but... Yeah. Actually, yeah. did we tell him we were recording today? Uh, Software. <laughs> It's fine. I'll, do you want me to yell about the Hornets? Yes. Devontae Graham should have been drafted earlier. That was a great, great call. It was pretty good, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's a lot of buildup. You maybe should just stop now. Yeah, sure. Whatever oh. Whatever I was going to say. It's only going to get better. worse. I thought you had one more in you. It's good, yeah. <laughs> I'm trying to like work myself up with like giving myself a physicality. Getting into character. Three Musketeers are better than Snickers. I wish there was video to show like what you do with your head as you get ready for that. Because he does do a thing where he like jog- joggles his neck a little bit when he wants to yell. I like to drink plain tonic water. <laughs> with no ice, please. I hope he listens to this tomorrow. I hope That's please. like part yeah. Colin, Sorry, part Colin. Kermit the yeah. Frog. It's like angry Kermit says... <laughs> It is not. It is kind of easy being green. <laughs> I just want you to do that throughout the show randomly. We'll see when I when Colin disagrees with things that we say throughout the episode. That's true. One I, of the I, I got kind of hot <laughs> getting in character. I don't know if that's what Colin Colin gets warmed up. That's why Colin only, only wears T-shirts it's when he comes true. there. He's a very sweaty he's, person. He's got to be prepared for, for the... Ooh, now it's cold. <laughs> 
Here, eat another candy bar. You've only had five. All right. All right. Are we ready? Let's let's move on. You ready? Sure. Let's you do sure? it. Let's do that football. Actual, yep. So rather than the state of the union, we'll call this the state of the quarterback in the NFL. Quarterback so, talk? What? In Charlotte? <laughs> we haven't done that all year long. I know. I know you guys enjoy talking about this every waking moment of your life. Sure. So, Darren, your take on the Cam Newton situation. The Cam Newton situation. It's unfortunate. I'll eat a candy bar. Uh, it's unfortunate because I'm about to filibuster here. <laughs> My Uh-oh. reputation precedes me. I'm also going to um, open a candy bar. Yeah. It, it's unfortunate because uh, Cam has become something other than just a football player in the minds of people in this town. And I, I don't like attaching more influence than the small amount of people who hate cam who are so loud about it that they actually have i think there are far fewer of them than we actually pretend sometimes i I think most people understand that he is an incredible player who's had a horrific stretch of luck i mean this guy used to i mean he literally got hit by a truck and continued Mm -hmm. to play football so we're accustomed to him bouncing back always and continuing to do cam newton things and I, I don't say this lightly um, because I, you know, I vote for the Hall of Fame and I, and I hate when people throw it around casually for everybody who retires. Uh, and we don't know that Cam's retired. He may continue to play. I mean, he's 30 years old. He should ostensibly, even if he gets his foot fixed, shoulder fixed, he ought to have more good football left in him. But if Cam Newton never played another down of football, Cam Newton's a borderline Hall of Famer right now. Mm-hmm. Just the stuff he's already done puts him in that conversation ahead of so many of his contemporaries. I think, you know, the guys you're comparing him against in that mindset are all older than him and been doing it a lot longer. The Riverses, the Roethlisbergers, cats like that. But, you know, Eli Manning's name came up, you know, when he lost his job in New York, and Camden's had a much better career than Eli Manning, except for two games. And is the fact that Cam Newton never won a Super Bowl going to hold him back in that regard? Maybe. I don't know. But I, I think because he's, he's so outsized, he's so different, he's unlike anybody we've ever seen. And when he said that, it sounded arrogant, but it was just true. It was just a factual description of what he is and does. Uh, there hadn't been anybody like him who runs like that, throws like that, and weighs 250 pounds. So I think in the absence of that, we, we haven't quite wrapped our minds around what it meant. You know, and, and Panthers fans have been really lucky to have not had to worry about the quarterback question for eight, nine years now. And the prospect of going through it again, I don't think a lot of people remember how bad it was when you didn't have one. I mean, everybody seems like they want to bang on Cam, but nobody is signing up for the Jimmy Clausen era again. Nobody wants to go back to maybe Matt Moore can be the guy. Are we kind of doing that right now? It's a little like what we're doing right now. And I feel bad for poor Kyle. I I told somebody earlier today, Kyle Allen's a projection screen. We should show drive-in movies on him because people, people are putting stuff on him that he never signed up for and doesn't deserve. Yeah. And the idea of can Kyle Allen be – the franchise quarterback of the future. Who thought that? I mean, a year last September, he was unemployed. The yep. team he works for now didn't want him so aggressively last year that he wasn't even on the practice squad. 
Uh, and now people are talking about him like he's a franchise quarterback. No, he's just Kyle Allen, gang. He's he's now. I will say he's a lot better than I thought he was going to be. Uh, he has exceeded every expectation I had, which isn't hard because my expectations of him going into the year were really low. Um, but he has outperformed every expectation. But the guy I keep coming back to in my head with Kyle is, is Trevor Simeon, who was the backup quarterback in Denver, who had never played. And the coaches all said, hey, where do you get a load of this Trevor Simeon kid? He's really got a little something about him. And then Peyton Manning retires and job falls in his lap because nobody else jumped up and took it. And he goes out and he wins six out of his first seven starts. And everybody's like, whoa, Trevor Simeon, we may never need another quarterback again. And then he goes back to being Trevor Simeon. So I don't know where Kyle is in that continuum, but it's a, that's a long way of saying Cam's been really good for a really long time. And not having them around is a little weird because you you understand now how much everything here was built around that one guy. Yeah, it's it is weird is a great way to put it because it does feel weird. There there are so many things that you've just taken taken for granted, and whether it's like I mean I, I tweeted out a picture of the roster that they hand you when you walk into practice, and it didn't have number one at the top of it for the first time since 2011. Like yeah. that's. It's weird. Yeah, it's weird. It is. You know, it's it's weird that Christian McCaffrey is doing his media availability at the at the podium after the game because there's he's the biggest star on the team and it's weird that he's the last guy out of the tunnel and it's weird that that Cam is just nowhere to be found. Mm-hmm. All this stuff is just it's weird and it's it's kind of a fitting end. Weird is a is a good way to put it because the way that this has been handled since the very beginning right. has been very weird because if if and I know I understand there's messaging there's there's things that are happening and maybe this was not possible in week three but if they had to come out and said hey he has a Liz Frank injury he's really badly hurt mm. we are not sure when he's going to be back it may not be he may not even come back this season we're not going to put him on IR yet right. we're going to try our best but we just don't like temper be prepared to move forward with Kyle Allen instead of doing this well you know well well we're gonna make that decision when the you just made it worse and worse for the fans and then for injured reserve to kind of come out of nowhere nowhere it didn't come out of nowhere for people that were paying attention but if you were kind of just a a random fan that follows along on Facebook or is probably not somebody that listens to the one day contract podcast Mm -hmm. you were just like well, what the hell is going on now? Now Rappaport's saying that he's going to play for the Bears. Like, what? How is this possible? It, and it was like it was a slow kind of climb up this hill, right? That could have maybe been avoided, but uh, now that we're here, it's it is it's weird. And yeah. and all these new rumors that keep coming out, they make it w- weirder and weirder. And uh, he doesn't help it by not talking. That doesn't help. If he were to come out and say, "Hey, guys." I thought I was going to be okay. Yeah. Well, and the lack of consistent messaging on Cam uh, from top to bottom has been a problem for them for a long time. Mm -hmm. I swear Ron Rivera's got a blind spot for Cam Newton that if Cam Newton was any other player on any other roster, Ron in his role as defensive coordinator before he got a head coaching job would have said, 
that guy's foot's jacked up. We can take advantage of that. This is something we can exploit. We're going to game plan. We're not going to worry about him running because he can't. But when it's his own guy, Ron's always had this tremendous blind spot. Whether it was, what was it, three years ago when the shoulder was first an issue and they were out of the playoffs and they kept playing him. And people were like, why would you not shut him down? And Ron's like, well, he wants to play. Well, part of the problem is Cam thought he was indestructible because he got hit by trucks and kept getting up. Sure. And he had no reason to believe he was actually hurt or the future should be a consideration because when you're a gigantic Superman quarterback, that doesn't occur to you. And But Ron's always had this weird – and I don't know, the Luke Keekley concussion stuff a couple of years ago did a number on Ron because you can just see his shoulders draw up when he has to talk about people who are hurt. And he gets so uncomfortable and tense and snippy. And it's not – I mean, Ron's a good dude. Ron's a solid human being. You'd want Ron Rivera to be your neighbor. He'd loan you a ladder or something. Sure. Um But you ask him about injuries, and he just turns into this weird other person. And – it's, I mean, it's unusual and it and it hurts them because the whole well the foot's not such it's no there's no foot the foot's not a thing early in the year I mean source my two eyes Cam's foot was jacked up in in preseason week three and especially in week one and then in week two against Tampa it's like he can't run anymore I suspect there's a problem yeah um and you realize it now. And you look back on it and say, well, why didn't they just say then, yeah, we got to get this looked at. We got to get him to Green Bay where Dr. Bob lives, who knows him already. And let's go look at it now. But I think the combination of all that stuff, the being seemingly indestructible and Ron's own blind spot for Cam's injuries kind of brought us to this point where they got into it neck deep this year. And it's like, oh, God, what do we do now? And nobody knew. Yeah, I, I think his his injuries have gotten to a point where I think you you said preseason week three. I think this the he has not been completely healthy since 2016, and I don't think it was. I mean, yes, there's a difference between completely healthy and what what that means and who yeah. he is. And but I I agree with you. The fact that he said he could go out and play it has a lot to do with yeah. the fact that he's Cam Newton and he's never been hurt before, yeah. and his body was essentially betraying him for the past eight months like at the end of last season for sure and even with that and again it's part of the Kyle Allen gets credit for things he didn't actually do people say Kyle Allen's a more accurate quarterback no he's not he's 61 percent completion percentage guy right now Cam Newton with a fraying shoulder the first half of last year was a 68 69 percent pass right um he was really good the first half of last year before the Pittsburgh game everyone forgets that yeah I mean it's like Cam Newton's been hurt forever except for September in October of 2018 when he was really, really good. Um, but Still wasn't throwing deep during that time. No, he wasn't. And you could tell that it was starting to a little bit at a time. And then the Pittsburgh game was that bright line that everybody looks at now and is like, that's when it happened. Well, no, it was happening yeah, before yeah, then. Yeah, there were two, ducks Two flying. weeks before that, Taylor Heineke yeah. was coming out to throw Hail Marys. So. Sure. so, you know, it's weird. And it and it puts him in a bad spot. But he's Cam, and, and I've kind of joked for years – Going back to when he was drafted, I said, Cam Newton makes people stupid. He mm-hmm. creates these ridiculous takes, and he always has. And I, and it's partly because he's different than everybody else and our expectations of what a quarterback should be, what a person who plays quarterback should be. 
he ain't like that. No. So, I, because you can't put him in the box, you expect. I think people rebel against it sometimes. But, you know, cam talk's going to be a cottage industry for the next six months. I mean, until or unless he gets surgery on the foot. Until or unless David Tepper comes out and says, because there's a million variables. And I know, listen, I live in the hot take industrial complex sometimes. <laughs> it, it pays my mortgage, gang. Life's good down there in the I like suburbs. how you put sometimes in there. Um, <laughs> I try to rise above it as, mo- as much as I possibly can. But Cam Newton's played his last down in Charlotte ever is easier to turn into snackable content than here are the 18 different ways this situation could go. Right. Based on five layers of variables, depending on is the coach going to be here? Is the GM going to be here? Is the coach and GM going to be here together? Will they decide? Will, you know, is it one or the other? Is it his choice? Does Cam want to stay? Does Cam want to go? There are a million ways this thing can go. So the idea that some people have already put him in Chicago or wherever, I mean, it's a little ridiculous because, you know, they've got him under contract at a pretty reasonable rate for next year. And if you assume that a 31-year-old man still has good football left in him, having a 31-year-old man who has been a former MVP and Pro Bowl-level quarterback at $19 million ain't that bad. That's basically Andy Dalton money, and you wouldn't spend the same money on Andy Dalton right now. So, I, you know, I don't know that Cam playing for the Carolina Panthers next year is out of the question. I don't know if Cam – being traded is a possibility. It certainly could. You can make a you could make a purely money ball case for depreciating asset. Let's get what we can get for him right now. Mm-hmm. That's pretty easy to do. And if you could, you'd get a lot of cool stuff for Cam Newton. I mean, it would have to start, I would think, with a first round pick. And you know, I think that's the value he has, even as damaged goods, because quarterbacks. You know, Cam Newton in particular makes people stupid, but quarterbacks in general do too. I mean, look at what the ba- the Bears are the one. The Bears traded up to take Mitch Trubisky instead of taking Sean Watson. It's Mitchell or Trubisky, Holmes. please. Yeah, I do. I write Mitchell every time. I always write Mitchell Trubisky and Matthew Stafford. And, yeah, but. <laughs> I feel comfortable here. I feel no, it's, home well, here. Hey, so we when he say went Mitch from Mitch to Mitchell, he got a lot worse. Yeah, at quarterbacking. I, I don't know that he was ever. That. I don't even. I don't know that Mitch was ever that great <laughs> either. <laughs> at any rate, Mitchell, where were we? Way. Yeah, uh, way. we were talking about uh, things that Mitch Trubisky loves in college. <laughs> um, sorry, we're not. It's not that kind of show. John Fox <laughs> yeah. was a thing he loved once upon a time. <laughs> uh, I I just feel like. You're, you're the thing that you said about Kyle Allen that we have put a lot of stuff on him, and by we I mean everybody, fan the base, community. media, everyone, anyone. If you're involved with the Carolina Panthers, you put things onto Kyle Allen that he doesn't deserve because what he has done is he has come off the bench mm-hmm. and done a job. Like he has been fine as a quarterback. Mm-hmm. The idea that he that we have to take a referendum on him, and I and I do wonder whether it's this fan base, whether it's the fact that he was backing up Cam Newton or whether it's just that's the way that the NFL and sports work nowadays yeah. is that every single game, every single quarter, every single pass is a referendum on this guy. Uh, and I don't think that's fair to anyone, let yeah. alone a kid that's making his eighth start against Aaron Rodgers on the road in the snowy Lambeau field. And he makes a bad decision and throws an interception and people are calling for his head. It's like, well, nobody thought he wasn't supposed to be starting in the first place. So, 
he he's doing okay for what he's doing, and I, people kind of called for my head because I said that he was playing well, that he played well, right. and he did play well. But you had, do I have to? At, at what point do we take away the caveat of like he played well for a backup quarterback? Yeah. At yeah. some point, he just played. He just like I am, I am handsome for a thirty-eight-year-old uh, Jewish guy that drinks too much and doesn't get enough sleep. Do we need to put all that, or can we just say I'm handsome? Oh, go with the that. first. One. Thank you. <laughs> go with the first one. In terms of handsomeness, you're you're much better than ten touchdowns, ten turnovers. Okay, that's yeah. nice. So oh, you got that. I like that. That's, that's good. Yeah. So that's you got good. that going for you. Yeah, Let's it's you it, it's tough. I think it's I think it's societal. Without driving this into the philosophical ditch, no, everything I mean, we go we go pretty well. Everything everything has to be a referendum right now on the way it's going to be forever. I mean, the impeachment hearings that started today, the first hour of this is crucially important. This is going to go on for weeks. The first hour, come on, give me a break. That's one of the things, it's my favorite thing about The Mandalorian so far, <laughs> is after watching it twice last night, I now have to wait until Friday to watch another episode. And then Friday, we all get to watch an episode of it together. It'll drop at the same time or whatever, and it's going to be like a TV show almost. They put and out one got, episode every two days. Sorry, I don't, I don't mean to cut uh, the, you off. We got it. We've got an episode, whatever, when it debuted last night. What day was that? Tuesday, and then Friday. And I think it's going to be every Friday after that. Gotcha. So it's oh, like a TV show that okay. we all stop and watch at the same Love time. That. We don't have communal experiences anymore, and we and nobody waits for things to develop. Let it, you know, that's the, in my former life, when I'm on the phone with Marty Herney and he would, I would ask him about spinning things out three levels. Would you just let it happen every now and then? For Christ's sakes. Um, and, you know, if I heard Marty Herney say, let it happen one time, I heard it a million. And it's, and it's true. I mean, nobody, that was 10, 15 years ago. And nobody wants to wait and see what Kyle Allen's going to turn into. He might just be a perfectly serviceable backup quarterback or a good backup quarterback. And as you're putting together a 53-man roster, that's a you got to have a backup need. quarterback on there. I mean, that we yelled about that all offseason. They need a better backup quarterback. Well, as it turns out, they might have one. What they, they don't did. have is a they starting a quarterback yeah. now. So you got to. It's a more important line to fill in, but you've got that taken care of now. Another quarterback story that's out there right now is everything going on with Colin Kaepernick. Can somebody talk about this? This this whole thing is a little bizarre, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, I think so. Uh, I, Eric Reed talked today, and, and what, uh, he said a lot of stuff, obviously. One of the things that he said was he's cautiously optimistic, but it feels like a PR stunt. And I agree with the second part. I'm not sure that I agree with the first part. Yeah. Um, I, I get that this is a Panthers podcast, and and I will tell you right now, spoiler alert, the Panthers are not going to be signing Colin Kaepernick. Um, I did think it was interesting that Eric Reed said that he spoke to David Tepper when Cam went on IR and said, uh, and they said they're not, he said, we're not bringing in a veteran quarterback. And so that was kind of his, whether that was an excuse, whether they were telling, I feel like they were kind of telling the truth. They wanted to roll with Kyle Allen no matter what. And they kind of wanted to go the way that, that we've been saying for the past couple of years, which is like, well, if Cam gets hurt, then uh, screw it. We're not going to win the Super Bowl anyway. So right. we may as well just go with Kyle Allen or, or go with the cheapest option available. Um, I, I think that the fact that it's on a Saturday, that it's four, they got this weird phone call four days before. It's all just a lot of like, 
what? Yeah. <laughs> well, in my role as either cranky old man or truth teller, okay. it's a giant sham, gang. <laughs> The NFL doesn't want Colin Kaepernick to get a job. That's not what this is for. None of it is set up. I mean, if you want to cut, if the good and noble NFL wanted to enable Colin Kaepernick to bring him back into the fold to set him up for a lifetime of prosperity and and doing good stuff for underserved communities, they could have done it a long time ago. Uh, by doing it on a Saturday, every general manager and coach is like, I'd go, but I got to be in, you know, fill in the blank. Yeah. I got to be at practice. I got to be at walkthrough. I'm flying to Green Bay or whatever. And every general manager and every coach has got an excuse. John Elway told his reporters today, yeah, we're sending a scout. John Elway, you've already turned this guy down. You've already made it clear you have no interest in Colin Kaepernick. You wanted to trade for him in 16. He turned down your generous offer to cut his pay. And when he did that, you didn't trade for him. And then he started taking knees. And John Elway, who wrote letters on Broncos letterhead for Neil Gorsuch, wasn't very interested in Colin Kaepernick anymore for some reason. And he to send a scout, for the Broncos to send a scout, to me, underscores what a sham the whole thing is. They have no intention of signing. But now they get to say, hey, we went and looked. And if you give a guy an opportunity to work out two days or four days from now on two hours' notice, hey, can we do it on Tuesday? Nope. What about if we do it in Florida? Nope. We can do it in Atlanta on Saturday at 4 o'clock. You'll be there, right? What are you going to say if you're Kaepernick? And and you go through it, but I've had people in the business, um, people who work for teams have asked me over the last couple months because they know I'm willing to stand up on a soapbox and yell at clouds. You know, they'll tell me, hey, he ain't ready to play. He's lost too much weight. He's X number of pounds down from where he used to be. The vegan stuff might be too hard for him. And that's the stuff that's out there. That's the talk that gets talked in NFL buildings. And so without a competing narrative, that stuff's taken hold, and that's what everybody believes. So if it was a fair opportunity for him to go out and show that, hey, yes, I am big enough and strong enough and healthy enough and able enough to to do this, (laughs) and I'm prepared to come be your backup quarterback, and I don't have to make $20 million. Yeah, just give me a chance to play. If that was happening and he was getting an honest crack at it, I'd be all for this, but nothing about the way the NFL has done this suggest a fair opportunity at a job. I think it's driven by legal. I, I, I think wonder if it was in the, his in his uh, settlement. The league, it is not a part of the settlement. Okay. EFT has reported that oh, it is not. Breaking? You, should, you should read your ProFootballTalk.com many right. times every day. Um, yeah, and Florio wrote earlier today that it is not, in fact, part of the settlement. Uh, that he... This was not contingent upon or anything to do with that. I believe that the league is scared of a second grievance being filed by him after the initial settlement, you know, suggesting that they are continuing to prevent him from fair opportunities at work. And so I think as a way out of things legally, they threw together this dog and pony show in Atlanta on Saturday. The best was Dan Quinn today because it's like, are you sending anybody to the Kaepernick workout? 
Well, it's in our building, so yeah. I guess, sure, yeah. So we're not going to set fire to our own house just to avoid it. Yeah, but you'll be in Charlotte, though, right? Well, yeah, I mean, well, we'll be yeah. in Charlotte, oh, but yeah. I mean, yeah, but, but someone will be there with a Falcons polo on, and sure. they'll make sure to be in but the that, pictures. That's gonna <laughs> that's going to be a lot of what happens. You're not there. I would be surprised if there were more than two or three GMs there. No head coaches will be there. Why would a head, How could a head coach go on set? The only right. ones that could right. go are – who plays on Thursday? Cleveland and yeah. Cleveland Pittsburgh. Yeah, Soup Kitchens and and Omar Epps will be there, so it'll be great. Yeah, Fat Fred should definitely go to that instead of whatever else he was planning on doing. I mean, he does play a ba- Baker Mayfield style of quarterback, so no, just no. Yeah, <laughs> but it's uh, that's a long way of saying it's a sham. No one should believe this is anything other than a PR stunt for the league. Yep, very odd, all of it. The Ron Rivera, Marty Herney hot seat. How hot is this seat? Is there any kind of leeway or like a benefit of the doubt type situation with everything going on with Cam this season? Yeah, you know, in a weird sort of way, somebody asked me the other day if if they didn't make the playoffs, would they fire Ron Rivera? And I said, well, hell, if they make, if they're even close to making the playoffs with their backup quarterback, that's a good thing for Ron, not a bad thing for Ron. It's true. Um, I, I think Ron is a pretty good head coach I think you know we always do that thing where we stack them up and list them and rank them and if you did that Ron's he's never going to be in the top five I don't think I don't you know he gets pantsed on a pretty routine basis by the Sean Paytons of the world and the Andy Reeds of the world and the Bill Belichick's of the world Kyle Shanahan's of the world so does everybody and I but I do think that Ron kind of lives in that six to ten neighborhood six to twelve maybe with the john harbaugh's and the mike tomlins guys who i mean there's a there's a certain glory and a certain brilliance in staying employed in the nfl for a long time ron's good at his job he's not one of the three best coaches in the nfl it it would be hard to upgrade from ron the big unknown is we haven't seen David Tepper in this environment. Yep. We don't know what he values because he hasn't said so. Um, the clues we get in the all or nothing when he said it's an 8-8 eight and eight league and the small differences are what separate the playoff teams from the not. And those differences are your roster, your facilities, your coach. Your GM. I mean, that's the stuff. And, right. Or, or your coach, your GM, your facilities are those small differences because the rosters are all pushed together by the salary cap to be basically the same. So does he believe, hey, it's ready to find ready, time to find my own guy? Don't know. Does he consider Marty and Ron a unit? Don't know. Uh, I, I know or I believe that based on his time in Pittsburgh – he has a certain fondness for the way Kevin Colbert has run the Steelers. Kevin Colbert is basically Marty Herney with more clothes because it's colder in Pittsburgh. I mean, they're, they're as close to being the same human being as any two general managers in the league. Uh, and stylistically, I, I think they're matches. And honestly, I mean, if you look at what's going on here, I, I'm not a big firebomb, you know, you got to run so-and-so out of town. That's never been my deal. But – it, I don't think it's as automatic as some people would think. Now, maybe Tepper loves Kevin Colbert so much, and his contract's up at the end of the year, and he just kind of rolls year to year because it's Pittsburgh, and everybody stays there forever. Um, does David Tepper have a Kevin Colbert plan that he's going to drag him to Charlotte? Don't know. 
I mean, we'll see. One guy knows that, maybe two or three, but none of them are me. Um, I'm not sure, but I don't... This is more hunch and tea leaf reading. Say that five times fast. Um, By me than anything else. But I don't know that Ron and Marty are as tied together as they might have been in the past. So, I mean, maybe a situation exists where Marty gets to hire another coach. And if he can go out and hire another decade-long coach like Ron Rivera and you get a Super Bowl trip out of it and a couple – championship game a couple championship games like you got out of john fox in the nfl you take that yeah i I agree with you i I think that we maybe in the past marty and ron were kind of tied together but this iteration i don't think this marty 2.0 i don't think is as yeah is as tied to ron as right as maybe he used to be all the stuff everybody bangs on marty for really were and i believe were directly tied to the lockout in 2010 sure. when Jerry Richardson wasn't going to pay anybody. And then you get on the other side of the lockout and there's a new CBA and you decide to pay everybody all at once. Well, the bad stuff wasn't paying D'Angelo and then Jonathan. The bad stuff was paying James Anderson too much money and playing all, paying all the bit guys too much money. And that got them in a spot three four years down the road where they had to go through that awkward phase it was also and i'll just put it out there it was paying a quarterback a year after having shoulder surgery a whole a big ass contract extension when he hadn't really done that much to earn it recently yeah but but a lot of those financial moves that he gets clubbed for came from above because the old man liked his guys and i mean you Greg Olson and Thomas Davis don't like hearing it said this way, but they basically got Dave Gettleman fired by being Jerry Richardson's guys. And Dave wasn't taking care of them, so guess who got gone? And guess who's still here? Um, so, I mean, that was always a thing, and it, and it was always kind of a pitfall for those guys. But, I mean, the track record's pretty good. I mean, he's still, you know, what's your worst first-round pick? Jeff Ota? Yeah, yeah. I mean, and that guy kind of paved the way for a 2008 run that was pretty strong. So, and there was off field stuff with Jeff that kept him from being yeah of sustainable. Course. But, um, but yeah, the track record's been pretty good, and everybody used to club him for second round picks. But the drafting on the whole lately seems looks pretty good. Seems all right. I mean, I'm not saying the guys bulletproof or or never makes any mistakes i think they've done some stuff again i thought not going in with a better plan at backup quarterback this year was an issue i thought they should have had some degree of veteran some kind of ryan fitzpatrick type hanging around this year sure you know if you're starting quarterbacks out for an entire season your season's pretty screwed anyway Mm -hmm. but um and that's not just here that's everywhere but, you know, for the most part, I mean, there's you're talking about stuff like who's your kick returner going to be? Who's your, you know, yeah. they went into this year with a pretty good roster. So, a lot know. of people talk about how the offensive line is uh they got to improve the offensive line. It's like, well, they they're missing their top their their top tackle is hurt mm-hmm. and you know, I mean, Daryl was just not was not ready to come back and so now you're Darryl's starting a sixth a, round Darryl's rookie at left, left side, tackle. Daryl's yeah. not a left side player and Daryl's still not confident in that knee. He yeah, didn't look like no a guy way. who ever got right there. You know, I mean, 
And any moves you made to accommodate him would have involved, what do you take the Pro Bowl right guard, Trey Turner, and make him play on the left? Yeah. And also, uh, like, what are you going to – how many le- how many people around the league are looking for a left tackle? Because yeah. I'd imagine there's 20 teams out there that are that would give their right nut to have Dennis Daly out there playing left tackle. Not Bruce Allen in Washington. Yeah, they don't need they're left fi- tackles they're there. Fine. They've they're got fine. this, y'all. They're winning off the field. The they're culture is good. damn good. It's uh yeah it's a it's a hard deal but it's um you know they're in kind of a funny spot I mean it's so wait and see what oh, yeah, happens 100%. I mean if if Kyle Allen gets on a run and it's good Kyle for the next six weeks and they finish this thing nine and seven or ten and six how do you fire everybody how would you start over I I still I mean again I can make a pretty easy case for just riding it out with Cam. Because everybody talks about one year, nineteen million. Tag him, bring him back, tell him to play it out, get well, and if it works, then you can franchise tag him in twenty twenty one. I wonder if he would play. I, I I have doubt. I have my doubts whether he'd even play next year under a one year deal. Don't and know. I I don't know whether again. This is all we're we're just conjecturing. We're just waiting for the next blog with a cigar and a nice yeah, glass exactly. of wine. Gonna drop out sometime soon. He's gonna tell us what he what he's doing. I, 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 I he do has been in sometimes. The, just get comfortable around the house. Wear my house pants <laughs> and uh, glass of wine, which is probably Trader Joe's. You know, Charles Shaw. Sure. Um, <laughs> you know, there's no smoking in the house though, so can't do that. But Wait, you um, one of those vape pens. Oh God, no! Oh boy, no. it's coconut flavored. It smells like cotton candy. Yeah, it's good for you. It's yeah, it's much for better a, for you than smoking. It's for adults. Yeah, it's it fine. certainly is. Definitely won't um, give you a popcorn lung. That's a thing. Don't Google that because yeah. you'll regret it. But no, we don't know yeah. what Cam wants. We no. don't. You know, we he don't. hadn't told us. They're not telling us. So we're all just kind of guessing at this point. But I would certainly have an easy time just saying, all right, big boy, run it back. Let's go. Come on. I, I think if that was an option, I would definitely take it. I don't know that that's going to be an option. But, Why not? Who, uh, yeah, who knows? And, and I again, also, if he refuses to do it, if he wants to go someplace else, you accommodate him and you take the proceeds. Now, I mean, my grand theory of football is that we've put too much stock in quarterbacks in general. We've made them too valuable a commodity. And what Kyle Allen's done this year and – Every place else, Jacoby Brissett's another example. We turn, we put these guys on pedestals and think you can only do football if you have one of these guys. Well, Jacoby Brissett wasn't one of those guys, and he dragged the Colts pretty far down the line last year, uh, and and you know has them in a pretty good spot this year where they're thinking he might be one of the guys. I would never give a quarterback a second contract. It's too much money. The Rams, Jared Goff's going to be a millstone around the Rams' neck. He's going to drag them right to the bottom because he ain't that good, and they paid him a bunch of money, and now they're stuck. And it's like Atlanta with Matt Ryan. They're never going to the Super Bowl again because they can't put the pieces you need around Matt Ryan to succeed with Matt Ryan as your quarterback. The Lions with Matt Stafford. They ain't never winning with Matt Stafford because he makes too much money. But if you hit me with an alternative of, all right, we've traded Cam Newton. We got a first-round pick and a third and – a five or something like that. We got all these picks. If I went into next year and my quarterback depth chart was first round pick on a rookie scale contract mm-hmm. and Kyle Allen and Will Greer, then guess what I got? 
I got a lot of money to buy cool stuff. Yep. And I'm going to go get a bunch of cool stuff to go around those three guys, mm-hmm. and we're going to go football it up. And you, we're going to pay Christian McCaffrey because we're going to put it in his hands 800 times a year and just drive him straight into the ground. Yep. And, and we're then gonna, we're not going to get – well, it, I guess you are going to pay him in and, that scenario. Yeah, you got – yeah. you. The, it's almost blood money at this point. You have to pay Christian McCaffrey <laughs> if you have a soul because you're just – you're destroying the last five years of this guy's career for what yeah. you're doing this year and last year. So, um, so yeah, I mean, there's – philosophically, I would have no problem doing that. I mean, I think Cam's really good, and I wouldn't mind if he was on my team. I wouldn't mind him being my quarterback next year. But I, there's a place for that grand Petri dish experiment of, hey, let's see if we can do it this way. And I think you could. And if it's a first-round pick and Kyle Allen and Will Greer, I just think about all the other stuff you could do, and it's pretty neat because there's a pretty good base of talent in place here already that's going to be around. I think D.J. Moore is going to be pretty good. Yeah. yeah. I mean, Steve. people forget Steve Smith and Musin Muhammad weren't Steve Smith and Musin Muhammad until year three. And, and Samuel's kind of got to that point now, but injuries are kind of a different thing with him. But I would expect a different D.J. Moore next year than we've seen this year. There's pretty good stuff. I mean, Daly looks like he can play. Um, Matt Paradis has been a good – he's not Ryan Khalil, but he's pretty good. And Trey Turner's going to be around for a while, and Moten's going to be around for a while. So it's not like the cupboard's bare for whoever the quarterback happens to be. Yeah. No, I, I agree. I think that if you can go out and get something for him, I, I think I think they're listening. And I don't think – I think I said it last week. I don't remember whether I had my conspiracy cap on, but – I think the fact that he was out there practicing the week before the trade deadline and warming up in San Francisco two days before the trade deadline, and then as soon as the trade deadline passed, he was back inside and then going to see Dr. Bob. I don't think that's a coincidence. Maybe. Yeah. Maybe it was, but it seems, again, it seems weird. And and we go back to the initial weirdness with Cam. When he told Peter King he wanted to be an icon and an entertainer, People wondered, is he going to be too big for Charlotte? Charlotte going to be able to contain Cam Newton? Or does he want to, you know, and I don't know. Maybe the guy, Julius Peppers was a, a homegrown kid. Everybody loved him. He went to UNC. He grew up in Bailey, for God's sakes. This is his hometown team. And he got to a point in his life where he's like, yeah, I kind of want to live somewhere else. Yeah. I want to I want to be, you know, Julius walked around Chicago as about the 37th most recognizable Chicago athlete, and he couldn't leave his house in Charlotte without, oh my God, it's Julius! Um, some guys just dig on that, and so we don't know because they haven't told us. Yeah. He also wanted to be in more Nelly videos, so didn't work out. He was only in the one, but he did. Aww. I know. He's my favorite He's my favorite UNC basketball player of all time, though, so Not that's good. Late. He's got that. It's not too late. He could still be in Nelly videos. Does Nelly Does still, Nelly make, still videos? make videos? He feels like he's a I mean, gospel singer I mean, now, he could, or like a preacher. Oh, maybe he could make some vlog stuff, and that would technically <laughs> count, right? By the way, here's how hip and cool I am. My son played that Kanye gospel album for me the other mm-hmm. day. That's awful! <laughs> <laughs> I like music, and I like Jesus, but that's terrible! 
Yeah, that's I, been your Darren Gant record review. <laughs> I love it. Let's take a break. <laughs> Please. More musings with Darren after this. On this week's episode of the Roaring Riot podcast, the Panthers and Packers game proves that football is indeed a game of inches. Kyle Allen put up the best performance of his young career, and we discussed the difficulty of, again, playing against two teams. Props go out to Gerald McCoy and Vernon Butler for some great plays. We preview the Falcons game and the toughest slate of the Panthers season. There's more, so join us on the Roaring Riot podcast, part of the Riot Network, powered by Ortho Carolina. Right as I put an M&M in my mouth, Josh says, all right, let's go. Let's roll. <laughs> you talk for a while while I'll eat M&M's. <laughs> Chomp, you're in, chomp, you're chomp. in charge. I'm going to sit here and eat these. So our our new uh, least favorite topic we have to talk about every week, defensive run issues. Is it worse that this is happening with Rivera calling the plays? Yeah, probably. And I can't decide how much I want to how much weight I want to put on either side of the scale, uh, whether it's Ron and switching to three four the person, you know, or have you just sprung leaks against the 49ers and Packers who are really good at football i mean those those two and the saints are probably the three best teams in the nfc so people are going to spring leaks against them pretty often i would think and and especially the way kyle shanahan i i love their offense because we talk about brilliant offensive minds and we think of people who want to throw 50 times a game that's an old school running game they're running and with fullbacks and stuff and they they're going to do that to a lot of people. It is a little distressing though because I thought it was going to be better. I don't know that I was ever convinced that switching to three four was going to make Luke Keekley a better player. Um, and maybe if and Dontari Poe hasn't been bad this year, but if they had that big traditional big fat three four nose tackle like a Grady Jackson or a Lodi Nada clogging up lanes in front of him would Luke be better would he look like Ray Lewis if he had you know a Haloti Nada in front of him I don't know um but it's not coming together that way and and the thing I was worried about when they talked all that talk about switching to 3-4 and hybrid is your very best player on defense is Luke Keekley. why would you do anything that minimized his ability to make plays sideline to sideline I just don't I don't I never was 100% on board with that, but because they were so deficient in pass rush last year, it's like they went overboard fixing that and the other thing. They did. They're on know. pace for, what, uh, 64 sacks, I think, sure. or something insane like that? They like, fixed it. It worked. Great. That, fantastic. And if you have to play the 49ers again or the Packers again in the playoffs, or the Jags again or the Texans again, that's like, going to be a problem. Um, but yeah, I don't know. It's just a peculiar fit. And I don't know. I I do think if they had, and it may just be because I'm an old guy, but if you're going to play three, four, having that big fat 380 pound nose tackle is a thing I think is good for people like Luke Keekley. And so if they had one of those, would it be better? I'm not sure, but Luke feels almost wasted. I mean, he's still playing well, and he's still doing Luke Keekley stuff. You could see that during the game the other night. There was, I mean, him and Aaron Rodgers were playing chess against each other. And sometimes he got Aaron Rodgers and sometimes he got God. Um, but 
Yeah, I don't know. It just feels like an unnatural fit to me. I think Luke Keekley is a 4-3 middle linebacker. I think this idea that Luke Keekley has lost it and is playing badly this mm. year is That doesn't seem right. is yeah, is incorrect. So folks that have that kind of take that are like well, Luke's gone downhill, so that's what they and that's what's happening. And he Cam was in the and wrong Luke spot. Haven't he, been the same since 2015. I'm sure we read the same tweet. <laughs> so it's it's like uh, again, it's just like we said before. Everything has to be a referendum. They yeah. give up a ton of yards, and so Luke Keekley isn't a good tackler anymore, which is insane. Luke Keekley is still a top two middle linebacker in sure. the NFL, probably number one yeah. in my in my mind. Um, my big issue is that, yes, uh, giving up 200 yards to the 49ers, especially in a game when they're up by a million at halftime, mm. whatever. Right. Um, that one doesn't bother me. It's the big chunk plays. It's not being able to get off the field. It's not being able to stop people when you know that they're going to run. Giving up seven, eight yards at a clip on first down, that's how you lead, that's how you lead to bad right. pass plays, too. Last year, they fired Brady Hoke. Because they were averaging, they're giving up an average of 140 yards rushing a game. This year, they're giving up 136. And also so it's, because Brady Hope probably wasn't an NFL coach. Sure, of course. <laughs> and but also they demoted Eric Washington, yeah. and now it's like they made all these changes, and I, I just don't the changes to the three four and to the hybrid and all that stuff. I don't think there is a well. They should just go back to the four three. I don't think there. Yeah. There's no magic fix, which is kind of the worst part. I think for me. It makes it easier when it's like, well, they're missing a lot of tackles. Mm -hmm. Okay, well, if they're missing a lot of tackles, then that is a fixable. Uh, you can say, well, yeah. we got to get better at, mi but it's not missing tackles. It's right. it's it's something is fundamentally wrong, and whether they haven't, they're not doing it correctly. Yeah. People are making mistakes. They keep saying the accountability, and they have accountability with this gap control defense, but I haven't seen the actual accountability unless the guys that are missing, the guys that are missing. Uh, tackles and being in the wrong spot or the guy is right. brian burns because they keep benching brian burns and i get that if they say it's his wrist it's his hand sure. but yeah and, and i just shrugged and people can't see and it there's and I another one of those theater of the mind things um and, and also k1 short's not here anymore you know yep, that's, that's true that's a significant thing that's a really good thing you've taken out of the middle of it and uh but yeah it's almost it's like hole in the dike over here you got to put a finger in it all right now what do we do with this one over mm -hmm. here and i i think to the more than the four three three four the changing was as important as anything they were changing it to or from last year they were probably predictable as much as anything sure. last year so the changing was good for them and i don't know i i i understand it's a problem in those particular games i don't know that it's the reason the season's going to go awry. And I don't know that they're incapable. Incapable. Yes, I, incapable. Word, I word for a living. <laughs> incapable is good. Um, Not capable? Yeah. I don't think they're incapable of playing good run defense. Yeah, they've they, done it. They ought to be able to do that. We've seen some evidence of it. But they're just in a rough spot right now and got gashed by a couple of good teams. Yeah, it was It was funny. Uh, the – Ron was talking about the run defense today, and he was talking about the giving up the big plays of 20-plus or more. And he was like, yeah, I mean, you know, every now – like, we're only giving up a couple of them. So, uh, you know, it feels good that they're not really killing us. And he was like, well, 
they are kind of killing us. And I was yeah, like, yeah. yeah, I mean, you at least he caught himself because yeah. sometimes he'll say stuff like, well, I thought Kyle Allen made a bu- he <laughs> he made a lot of good decisions on Sunday, and it's like, well. I mean, you're not wrong, but also he yeah. made a bunch of bad ones. So. Hashtag self-awareness. Yeah, <laughs> so at least he caught himself when he said it. But, like, I, I, my thing is, again, I don't think there is a fix for this defense. I don't think it's a matter of, like, well, we got to put – the problem is that let's put, you know, F.A. Abada needs more snaps or Burns <laughs> has to get in there more or or uh, Corn Elder's getting burnt, right. which is uh, two weeks from now's headline. Um, sorry, Corn, <laughs> if you're Aww. listening. It'll be popping. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, Shaka, <laughs> nailed it, nailed um, it. I, I just don't know. That's that's my kind of my issue is that this is what happened to them last year when they dropped eight straight games. It wasn't necessarily that everything was going wrong. It was yeah. that little things were going wrong and they were losing by one possession. And when that kind of stuff just starts piling up, it's an eight and eight league, and sometimes you sometimes mm-hmm. you lose some of those games. Sure. And I don't know where it's like one of these questions that's on our notes is where do the Panthers need the most help? And it's like, I, I mean, quarterback probably, yeah. but like, uh, <laughs> but I, there is no like, well, they got to have a nickel corner or else they're going to be in trouble. Like, right. But it is what it is. Yeah. And that's what I was saying. Going into this season, we were talking about nickel corners and third receivers. Those are first world problems. Yeah. And you're fixing mm-hmm. to see. And I mean, if, if we have seen the last of healthy good cam here, then that vaults to the top of the priority list. But other than that, what do you look at? What do you need? I mean, there's a lot of, okay, Gerald McCoy's on a one-year deal. He's been a really good part to have around here this year. It's Mm -hmm. good to have the Bruce Irvins around. But maybe you go out and get a different guy. That's why I think of all the stuff the Patriots are good at, they've been good at doing business with what they had on hand and what they could get. They played different defense when they got Stephon Gilmore and McCourty at corner than when they've got this guy and that guy. They've got, um, you know, and and so if going into next year it's not Gerald McCoy and Bruce Irvin and you're able to find a big fat nose tackle, how do we change what we do? You know, that's where good teams separate themselves. And, you know, Ron has shown some capacity for that. He's pretty good at X and O and and especially when he's calling his own defense, the results have been pretty solid. Yeah. Was that uh, unconvincing? Not – I mean, they – they. I guess they have been pretty solid. Like, even last year after he started calling, taking over the plays, yeah. it was like – you didn't see like, oh, my God, they're, oh, they're really stopping people. It right. was just like, right. well, they're giving up two less points a game, and <laughs> they played the Falcons and Teddy Bridgewater. So it's like, all right, well – Awesome, I guess. Like, right. I, I don't know that I've been that impressed with him as a defensive play caller, but I I get why you want – in my mind, what he did was something really smart, was he said, I'm going to handle the defense, Norv's going to handle the offense, and we're going to just – we're going to be separate, 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 and this is going to be my thing, and that's going to be his thing. And in the guy that's done a great job this year is Nor- – I think Norv has been spectacular. Mm-hmm. Um Obviously, a couple play calls haven't gone his way, but I mean that's what's going to happen when you're a play right. caller. He it, should just call that play where he hands it to Christian McCaffrey and he runs up the middle and looks like he's been shot out of a cannon. Yeah, and runs for like fifty yards. Why he doesn't call that play more often is beyond me. But otherwise, he's been really. I think smart. it has something to do with analytics. Yeah. I'm not a hundred percent. I'm not a big anal- I'm not part of analytics Twitter, but I think that's what it is. You don't want to call if you call it all the time, then it doesn't surprise them when you do. 
It's like, well, I don't, I don't do the dishes every day, but (laughs) when I do the dishes at home, my wife comes home and is like, "Oh my God, you did the dishes! That's so nice of you." Gotta keep the bar. Gotta keep them guessing. If you don't tell your kid that you love them, it'll really hit home when you tell them (laughs) once when they graduate from high school. Oh, that's I don't know. Is that not right? Mm, Sure, one hundred percent. I don't have any kids. You have a dog, though. I do, and I tell him I love him every single day. There he you go. He is the best. Yeah. He is. What's really good is when you tell your dog that, and your kids say, I think you love the dog more than you love us. My answer is usually, the dog likes me more. <laughs> the dog's nicer to me. Unconditional. <laughs> Unconditional. That's true. the word. Dog's always happy when you come home. It's true. Who's ready for a game? Yay! Yay. Game, game time! time! This will be word association. So I'm going to give you a word. And then give me a word to describe how you feel about it. Ready? Okay. Dennis Daly. Um, optimistic? I just feel like he is kind of the left guard of the future, maybe left tackle. Guy like that. The, a six-round pick that has come in and played with like no expectation has played better than any other left tackle on the roster, aside from Greg Little, who's been concussed. Uh, I've... I, I mean, they found like a diamond in the rough. Ooh, can I change mine? Diamond in the rough. Ooh. Aladdin. That's my answer. Aladdin. (laughs) I don't know if you can do names for this, but the thing that just popped into my head was Travell Wharton. And maybe it's the South Carolina thing, or maybe it's the mid-round pick, third-round, sixth-round, not exactly the same. But um, there are some similarities where you look at that guy as a rookie and you think, that's something you can work with. This guy's not a finished product, but there's more there that – somebody might tap into yep christian mccaffrey adorable (laughs) he's just the most charlotte athlete ever he is the most charlotte athlete ever he absolutely is he is the face of professional sports in this town forever you know i i've said the carolina panthers are the boy band of the nfl because they've got the most adorable players in the league if you look at Cam, whose teeth are perfect, and Greg Olson's the bad boy with the beanie and the beard. And, and then there's little <laughs> Christian, and he's so adorable, and Luke Keekley, And, my God, they're just so precious. I want to hug them all. He's good. Good. I'll go with good. He's good. I'm not topping what, I'm not topping what Darren said, so Darren was the winner. It's good. It's like a dreamy. If we're scoring it, yeah. I think Darren's probably up. Uh, I would say we're tied at one. That's fine. Well, okay, I'll give you up. We're tied That's right fair. now. All right, ready? MLS. Um, uh, worried. I, I feel like the... <laughs> That's not how I thought you were going to go with that. I feel like it's... I, I think that Charlotte is having trouble supporting their Carolina Panthers, which are the number one show in town. There are a lot of empty seats on Sundays at Bank of America, and I'm concerned with what the soccer fan community is going to be like if... The MLS team comes here and they look, they do not win the championship. What is it? An MLS Cup? Mm-hmm. If they do not win the MLS Cup in their first year, like the Atlanta United do, everybody wants to point at how Charlotte is going to follow in Atlanta's footsteps. Atlanta won the title in their first year, and that's why people were there, is because they were winning and they yeah. won the title. Now, that being said, soccer is a sport where you can buy everybody. So. They may win the title because Tepper may just be like, "Yeah, I bought all the, I bought everyone." Um, I would say millennial, and and that's not in its normal. I, I get it, okay, boomer. Um, <laughs> it's not in my normal pejorative thing, but 
there's something about this city that I think the MLS will work, or, and I keep people keep telling me it's not the MLS, it's just MLS. Okay. There's no article, it's just MLS. Um, but MLS is going to tap into a different market. You talk about Panthers fan support, it's not the same fan base. I think the MLS, and I did it again, <laughs> it's in my head now. Um, MLS draws from a different fan base than football PSL owners. It's more like a Knights game where it's like, okay, we're going to go out and sit in the sunshine and drink some beer, and there's a sporting game happening at the same time. That's a good and point. I, and I think that's going to be where they draw from initially, and there's going to be a lot of kids like or families like me where I, I'm leaving this podcast and I'm going to go pick up a kid and take him to soccer practice. Um, we are going to go to MLS games more so than it's going to be that, and it's going to be the downtown crowd that already lives there. They want people to be able to walk up and go to this game. Uh, I, I don't think you can sell it as somebody from Greensboro is going to drive down. No, that person's not driving to Charlotte for MLS. Um so it's going to be a different kind of crowd. It's going to skew younger. It's going to skew more um, disposable income-y. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's the downtown okay. crowd inside the Beltway is going to be the, the bulk of. And those are the people that Old Charlotte likes to complain about because they live in soulless apartment buildings. And <laughs> they go to yoga and drink craft beer and all those horrible stereotypes we old people who live in the suburbs have of them. But that's the people who are going to make MLS. You mentioned that, like, think about it, how the Knights games are. My question, though, is, like, it costs, what, $10 to go to a Knights yeah. game? How much does it cost to go to an MLS game? I think it's going to be more than 10 but <laughs> certainly, I mean. Less than, I, less I got, than the Panthers? They less than 50 me, They sent me, probably accidentally, one of those surveys about, would you buy season tickets for X amount? And, and whatever it was, it seemed like the price point that I felt comfortable with was at 30 bucks a game. You know, thirty bucks. I'm entertained okay. for a couple hours. If 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 I go to the movies, and it, I mean, a movie tickets, once it crossed the ten dollar threshold, it just became twenty right. in right. my mind. I mean, when it's not eight anymore, it's now. So you're really not 20. an analytics guy. So as soon as anything <laughs> yeah. above ten is twenty, exactly. In my mind, I I think of currency in terms of twenty dollar bills. Okay, I would give one twenty dollar bill to go see this concert. I would pay two twenty dollar bills. To see this show. The <laughs> casino outlook of like, well, this $10 means nothing, so I yeah. can't just walk out of the casino. I can't right. cash this in, this chip, for anything. <laughs> yeah. I may as well just gamble it until I lose. I'll just either double up to 500 or I'll just yeah. gamble it until I lose, and then I'll walk away. But my <laughs> sense of the price points they're pushing is that 20 or 30 bucks is going to get you into an MLS game. Okay. And I think most people are probably comfortable with that. I mean... Yeah, that seems like a place where you're going to get a lot of strays and randos who don't buy season tickets, and it's like, yeah, okay, instead of going to the neighborhood theater to see this singer tonight, I'm going to go to a soccer game. Let's see what this is like. I hear they have beer there. They will have beer. I like beer. I also like beer. I also am pro beer. Yay! Something we can all agree on. All right, one more. Bank of America Stadium. Um... On the way out, unfortunately, I just think they're going to build a new stadium, probably pipe and foundry, right? Like, that's just going to happen in the next few years. Tepper's going to ask for a billion dollars in taxes. Everybody's going to be really mad about it. Darren's going to go on a lot of rants. Uh And then 
it's going to pass, and then there's going to be a new stadium somewhere. There's part of me that, I mean, it, my first reaction when you say Bank of America Stadium is khaki. Because <laughs> it's like the whitest place in America. Um, that's one of my favorite running jokes. I don't know if you know this about me, but I'll repeat myself occasionally. If I, if I write a joke that I think is funny, I will just tell it to death. So every time the Saints or anybody wears color rush uniforms and it's white on white, I'll say, hey, look, they came as the lower level of Bank of America Stadium today. <laughs> Oh, it's like Halloween. <laughs> I don't – do they really want a new stadium or do they really want a roof? Because part of me wonders if Tepper knows that building a billion-dollar stadium or whatever a stadium cost. I have um, no idea. I think a billion. You know, that's a lot of money, and a roof is a much smaller amount of money. So he can freak people out about building a new stadium, and then if he says – what if it's only $300 million for a roof? Then everybody says, oh, look, he's reasonable with our money. We should share some of ours with him. Um, so I don't know. I mean, I, I'm not operating with any inside information here, but I, I've always gotten kind of a vibe off of him where it's like, well, hell, if they'll build me a new stadium, I'd take it. But a roof would work too. And I don't know the mechanics of that, and I've talked to people about it who've tried to explain pillars and you'd have to expand the foundation and blah, you know and all that kind of stuff and it gets out in the weeds but you know they they're going to have to do something and i suspect that there's you know you're not i don't think he's going to go for the wow factor of you know the roof in atlanta or the ram stadium or anything like that i don't know that if he builds a stadium he's going to spend enough of his own money to do that so maybe you just put a roof on the place you already got and try to hem it in a little bit so you can play basketball there from time to time. But doesn't he want the big, the biggest and coolest and, and the best stadium in the NFL? He has not shown an indication that he wants to pay his own money for that. Yeah, that's a good I mean, point. that whole common man vibe, it's like me wearing the same sunglasses he wore 20 years ago because I'm cheap. Um, <laughs> Tepper's got kind of that schlub vibe that – yeah, that sure looks nice, but it's awful expensive. <laughs> and even when you're worth $12 billion, when you start seeing price tags on stuff, it's like, yikes, you start tugging at your collar when the bill comes at the end of the night and it's bigger than you thought it was going to be. I'll just use these free Yelp sunglasses that ah! I got at a Yelp Elite event Wait, you got four Yelp years ago. Sunglasses? Yeah, they're red on the on the legs, and they're... Um, they got the sticker on them still. He also has a Yelp water bottle, which is sitting right over there. Yeah, That's correct. Does. That one actually got replaced by this Roaring Riot Nalgene that I like to drink out of. Has more water in it. Keeps me more hydrated. What if I got you two Yelp water what bottles? What am I going to carry around two? I'm going to carry around multiple water bottles now? Just I put a carabiner just on your offer. belt. You'd be like <laughs> yeah. Batman. I just constantly know. just like, hey, you need some water? Big bad boom. <laughs> ready just an offer just being nice uh darren where can they find you on the internets uh i'm on the twitter machines um <laughs> a lot because of work and i'm chained to it uh but we're at profootballtalk.com nbc sports has been so good to us and um we enjoy it i mean it's football for a living so how bad is it really and on the twitter at darren gant that's where i am for fun and frivolity <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Uh, Josh Klein Rules. Josh oh, Klein Rules. That's me. You can find me at Josh Klein Rules on uh, the Twitter bots. And um, 
what, what were they playing? The Falcons this weekend? Yeah, the Atlanta this weekend. And I'll be putting up a lot of pictures of uh, – I, I cropped a lot of pictures of Rashawn Galden standing next to another corner that has a three a three in the first digit of his jersey. So I'm just going to throw some of those up on Twitter over the next few days just for go. funsies because uh, I'm petty. and I love it. I, I think stuff is funny that nobody else does. I think it's funny. I That's think, good. I think All it, right. I think everybody thinks it's funny. Yeah, it's fun. Um, and Colin is Colin CLT. We miss you. We'll see you next week, Colin. Uh, yeah, I'm about just out of here on my deck. And um, I, the save me some cranberry sauce because <laughs> it's the best of all the Thanksgiving sides. Now, if you ask me, <laughs> Charles Godfrey, underrated safety. God bless you, Josh Klein rules. <laughs> Too much. This, is, this has been One Day oh. Contract, part of the Riot Network, powered by Ortho Carolina. We'll see you next week. Darren Gant, your One Day Contract is up. Call me, baby. Just go ahead now. We need-